0: Two things before we get into the message today, I did have a little bet with my wife that she wouldn't be able to do that song without singing boom, 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 because we usually do Jesus is the light, he's the light of the world, boom, 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 rather than reflect him, so I'm pretty amazed, nice job, you win the bet. Okay, number two, um, I'm so glad you turned the lights back on, just to help people stay awake today. No, the cross, it'll come back on by the time the surface is over, it takes a long time to warm that baby up, so that's Okay. It'll come back, and it'll remind us of things. Mm-hmm. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. All right, there's a, on the screen, can I get a witness? Now, you, you know some songs that have that in that, right? I'd sing it for you, but I'm not that good of a singer, so I won't do that. But you've heard these lyrics before. If you're old enough, you've heard them from the Rolling Stones, or Marvin Gaye. And more recently, for some of you like me, you might remember them from... A little video, a music video. Let me see if I can play this with enough volume. This is from Jordan Feliz. Enough of Jordan Felice. So, can I get a witness? And that's what I want us to think about today as we look at our two lessons. Not so much the epistle lesson, but a little bit from the Old Testament and then from the gospel lesson. Sent to be a witness. Would you say those words with me? Sent to be a witness. And I want you, as you think about that, I want you to think, I'm going to go through a little line of those who have been sent to be a witness. And I want you to see yourself in that line of those who've been sent to be a witness to the light, Jesus, who is the light of the world, reflect Him, or boom, boom, boom. <laughs> like Moses, in Exodus chapter 3, verses 9 through 12, it says this, And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, God says, and I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I am with you. I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you brought this people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Now, when I said that I want you to be included in the list of those who have been sent to be a witness, were there any of you out there saying, Too much for me. Don't sign me up. I can't do that. I'm not like John pointing the way to Jesus. I can't be like Moses. You ever think that? No, not us. That's the really hard part about preaching to people who have masks on, okay? I just can't see your faces, okay? Are you are you saying no not me? Cuz if you're saying no not me, guess what? You're in good standing. So did Moses. Moses said, "I can't do it." No, send someone else, God, not me." But God said, I'm sending you to be my witness, to share with people that I'm the God the Israelites have been crying out to and I'm the God who delivers. Because remember, when God talks about himself, he is gracious and compassionate, merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and he relents from sending disaster. That's what our God is like. There's not a New Testament nice God and Old Testament mean God. Those words are from the Old Testament. He is gracious, merciful, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love to his people enslaved in Egypt. And he sent Moses and eventually he'll get to sending us. Also, Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter, chapter 6, says this. Now, again, in Isaiah chapter 6, it starts off with, with Isaiah being in this, seeing this vision of this throne room of God with the angels, the, the seraphim there, and they're flying around saying, Holy, holy, holy. And, and then um, one of the angels takes a tongue because Isaiah is aware of his sinfulness, and he takes a tongue and takes a coal out and touches Isaiah's lips and says, Now you've been purified. Okay? And then he says, And then God says this. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. And what God sends Isaiah then to do is to share a message from God that the people will not hear. Have you ever shared a message with somebody, and and it was kind of a difficult message to share, but they heard it, and it really impacted them for good? Have you ever had a chance to do that? That's kind of fun, isn't it? Because you are useful in someone else's life to help them to make an appropriate change. Have you ever had the the real great privilege of sharing a message with someone who would not listen? Is that as much fun? Would you sign up for that? Isaiah did. Because God said, this is what I want you to do. And you know, as we live here in America, in Austin, Texas... There will be times when God sends us out to share a message, and we're not going to have any ears to hear either. Because our message, the message of Jesus, is fairly countercultural for those outside of Jesus. Because Jesus says, You can't. You need me, a Savior. You live in darkness, I bring the light. But if you talk to people here outside of Jesus, their lives seem to be going just fine, right? What light do do I have a need for? Okay, Not recognizing the darkness that has overwhelmed them. Or Jeremiah. So we've got Moses, then we've got Isaiah, then we've got Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 8 says this. Now the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah, chosen while still in the womb to be sent to testify to be a witness for God and His greatness. And again, not like Isaiah, who was simply they rejected what he said. Jeremiah's life was in danger because of the message he was proclaiming. And he was faithful to do it. Have you ever heard this term, the weeping prophet? That's Jeremiah. Because of what he had to go through. He actually wrote the book, Lamentations, as they were lamenting for the city of Israel, people of God, because they would not have ears to hear. It's fun being a witness when people listen to us, it's difficult when they won't. Can I get a witness? Will we testify to what Jesus, the light of the world, has done in our lives? And Jesus also fills this bill of being sent. The Spirit of the Lord, Isaiah 61, that you've heard read earlier today. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He, the Lord, the Father, has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And that ties in nicely to what Jesus says in Luke 4. It says, And he came. Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Isaiah 61. And then he says, And this now has been fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus says that word in Isaiah 61 pointed to me, and I've done it. I've been sent to proclaim what God is like and to do what God said to do, what this Messiah would do. Here I am, light of the world, for you. you all know John 3, 16, right? Would you say it together with me? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen to what verse 17 says. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Jesus brought light. He brought light so that He might deliver us from the kingdom of darkness, and bring us into his marvelous light. For what purpose? So that we might declare his praises. We are saved, we are brought into a right relationship with Jesus, we are restored. Remember, the big picture of what all the scriptures are about is creation, then the fall, then redemption, and then restoration. God wants to restore us to that perfect Eden-like where we will creation where we will live and reign with him forever. So Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world so that we might now be about declaring his awesome praises, that we might be sent to be a witness, to testify of all the great things God has done. And as we do so, God continues to grow his kingdom. Isn't that how it works? Yes. Can I get a witness? Can we be that witness? John was sent to prepare the way for Jesus, the light of the world to witness to Jesus the true light that has come into the world. That's what John 1, verse 9 says. Jesus is the light. He gives life. Where there's light, there's life. Jesus gives guidance to our, life and our, our lives and our paths. Remember Psalm 119, verse 105? Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. That's what Jesus, and who is the word of God, is for us. And then mainly that he has delivered us from that kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light. We get to testify to Jesus, who is the light. Now, a real quick thing. During COVID, there's a lot of depression, hopelessness, darkness, anger, fear, despair. Correct? Yes. Especially for all those who are living alone and are feeling even more isolated nowadays. I was just reading some uh, this book called Of Good Comfort. And in this book, Of Good Comfort, Stephen Peach writes about Martin Luther as he would do, he would share with different people. Okay. One of them was Matthias Weller. And as he's sharing with Weller, he's reminding him of a couple of things. He said, when those depressive thoughts come, by the way, do you or anyone you know ever deal with having depressive thoughts come? When those depressive thoughts come, he said, what you cannot do is reason with them. How many of you ever let those depressive thoughts come in and then you just kind of listen to them? And you just kind of let them stay there. And as they do, you just start spiraling further and further and further down. Luther's comment was, what we need to do are two things. First, what we need to do is we need to resist them with all that's within us. okay? Actively, not just listen to what those depressive thoughts are saying, because they're coming straight from the pit. Not to listen to them Okay? but to speak against them, to resist them with all that's within us. But then secondly, he says, we need the body of Christ. We need the body of Christ so that others can speak into our lives. Okay? Now, there's some people here that I have access to that I can speak into your life. And you're the same, right? There are some people in this room that you'll reach out to, you'll share with. You might even say, I'm having a down day today. When that happens... Our job isn't to say, "Oh no, I don't know what to do." Our job is to point them in the middle of their darkness to Jesus who is the light of the world. Are you have you been given the opportunity to do that recently? Have you needed someone do that to do that for you recently? I've been given those opportunities. And it's just wonderful. You know what people say to me fairly often? They say, oh, pastor, you're so busy. But you were the last one on my list, so I decided to call you. Here's my need. You know what? That makes me, doesn't make me happy that I'm the last one on their list, but hey, at least I made the list, right? what makes me so happy is that person in the middle of their isolation and despair is reaching out. You know what the norm is? The norm is to just circle the wagons, isolate myself some more, dwell with those thoughts that you can't reason with, and go further and further down. Do you know people who are doing that even now? Yeah, in the middle of those times, what we need is someone who will love us and bring us here. And then Luther also because he's Luther, said, and find some other guys that you can hang out with and joke and go have a drink and do some different things. Okay, Which is, don't let those crazy thoughts run your life. Okay, We want to be those people in the midst of all the opportunities we have with COVID to bring the light of Christ into the darkness that surrounds us. To be a witness. Jesus has come as the light of the world. We, like John, testify that we aren't the light... But testify to the great light and all that we know about Jesus. For John, he testified about this. And these are the verses that we have for today. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Do you know anybody who's overwhelmed by their sin and is stuck in it? Not living free. Luther, in the same little thing, he reminded Matthias Weller of this really important point. He said, if ever ever you get stuck depressed in your thoughts, that's not godly sorrow. I've had it before in my life where I've blown it, and it's like I need to to say, well, I need to be really sad for a while, because look at this awful thing I did. Do you know what I'm doing when I do that? I'm making myself the Savior because I'm going to fix it with how long I'm sad. Luther reminded Matthias Weller, he said, when you do is you take your sin, you recognize it, you have godly sorrow, you bring it to Jesus, you let him forgive you, and you move on. The sorrow you should have is short because it brings you back to Jesus in whom you have light in the midst of that darkness and freedom and joy. When I was doing my stuff, I was living to have me fix the problem instead of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I don't have a lot of light on my own. I'm kind of like the moon. If the sun's not shining on me, I don't have much light and I don't have much hope. But with Jesus, life is awesome. Then John goes on, This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me, pointing to Jesus, true God, from eternity. Then he says, I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. That's why we're doing what we're doing, so that Jesus might be known, this light of the world. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend on him from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I, did not, I myself did not know him, But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and bore witness that this is the Son of God. What great things can you say about Jesus to those who are around you? I know, I know. This is a monologue instead of a dialogue, but I'd like dialogues better. Okay. (laughs) What's that? God is faithful. What else could you say about the light of the world? Merciful. God is merciful. What else? God is full of patience with us. Yes. What else? Spiritual. God is spiritual. He, he comes in spirit. Can I add one word to that, Milton? Truth. And truth. He comes in the spirit and truth for us, and we worship him in spirit and truth. Yes. What else? He is the creator, so I am dependent on him, right? Even Adam and Eve, before they're fallen to sin, they were dependent on him for direction, for life. So it's not like we're dependent on him now after the fall. That's the way God made us. So when I need other people, that's just how I am as a human, how all all of us are. Think of what you could say as you are a witness to Jesus, or for Jesus, to all those around you. Isn't that an awesome purpose that we have for Advent? Mm -hmm. And as we do that, don't we have what this third pink candle is all about? Does anyone know what that third candle is all about? Joy. Remember that epistle lesson, rejoice in the Lord always? And so when you and I are talking about Jesus, hopefully we're rejoicing in who he is. Are we in line with those who are sent? Well, I hope so. Think finally of Jesus' word in Matthew 28: "Go therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Again, just like those disciples were sent, so we're sent. And again, just like it was with Moses, so it is with us. God is with us. Again. If the moon is all by itself, it has no light to give. But when the sun shines on it, when God is with us, we have much light to shine. A couple of years ago, actually a few more than a couple years ago, I was rear-ended on 2222. Could I get a witness? Well, yes, while well, I was kind of sitting there dazed a little bit, didn't know quite what to do, got out of my car. And before I knew what was going on, Three people came up and gave me their business card and said, I saw the whole thing. Okay, I didn't solicit them. (laughs) I didn't ask for anything. They just saw something and said, I'm a witness. I'm here to bless you. Wouldn't it be great if we were like those people? Because we have seen something in Jesus. We have seen the light of the world change our lives. And so we're trying to go up to whoever is in need And let them know I'm a witness to what Jesus has done for me and what he's also done for you. For me, when I share and I describe something to testify, I like to talk about two watershed moments in my life. Reading the Prodigal God book by Timothy Keller and speaking about what a fellow pastor did for me that offered me encouragement and new life. When this pastor shared about his humanity and struggles in life, it opened the door for me also to be vulnerable and find hope and help. To be a witness and testify how God has used these two events, time with that other pastor and reading that book, Prodigal God, I have done it many times. Even purchasing and handing out many of those Prodigal God books because of how the idea of God being recklessly extravagant with his love and his grace, isn't that what the cross is all about? That changed my life. How has God changed your life? Has He set you free like the prisoners? Has He brought you out of darkness into His marvelous light? Has He given you some good news? Has He bound up your broken heart? Has He brought comfort in the midst of your mourning? Is He going to bring vengeance against your oppressors and enemies? Can He, Jesus, who has testified through His words and His actions that you are loved and forgiven, and made new through the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of His Son. Has He changed your life? He who testifies before you, before the Father for you, remember Jesus intercedes for you, He desires to send you to be His witness and testify about all the good things He has done for you. Psalm 107 five times offers this refrain. Let them thank the Lord for His steadfast love, for His wondrous works to the children of man. Let let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love and his wondrous works to the children of man. And then Psalm 105 says this, Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. This we say about our God to those around us. When I say those final words again, can I get a witness? Would you say, yes, me? Let's try it. Can I get a witness? Amen.